João Marcos Gomes Mascarenas is a musical artist from Brazil. A long-time Hong Kong resident, he's a piano player, arranger, composer, and performer. His music is informed by a variety of genres: classical, jazz, pop, and of course Latin. I asked him if he could capture all of that in just one word. I would say that I'm a kind of hybrid musician. So I have a strong academic education, but I'm, let's say I have also my street smarting. So I have a very good ear. I can play songs by ear, and、um, I do complex arrangements. I do compositions. This allowed me to transitate between classical world. Pop world, jazz world, and、uh, let's say, and the world of world music that I'm really interested to. Since I'm from Brazil, I play a lot of Latin music, and、um, now my new challenge is gonna be get familiar with Indian music, Hindustani music, traditional music, and try to give、um, a little bit of,、um, let's say, treatment to match with contemporary pop and jazz. Um, are you familiar with Hindustani music? Is this a genre that you've experimented well, with? Well, I have a very good guidance now. That is Jay, the guy who contacted me to do this、um, concert, and he explained me a lot about things. This included the vocabulary, like when he refers, he refers to raga. Then I need to translate this a、uh, specific scale or a pitch collection, and、uh, so he sings to me. Then I then try to understand how I'm going to translate this raga or pitch collection. To a harmony, since harmony is not really a thing that was developed in Asia, it's more an European thing. And since you're going to be playing with、uh, bass, keyboards, guitar, I need to translate this concept that's linear to a vertical concept. So Hindustani music, traditional music in Asia, they are more linear, so they have melodies. They are more horizontal, and I need to put this in a vertical way so I can conceive the chords, the harmony. So, what do you mean by that? When you say linear and horizontal versus vertical, I mean to the layperson who is interested in music but doesn't really understand it. What does that mean?、Uh, the linear is the melody, something that develops through time, and harmony things that happen at the same time. So we call the chords. So if you sing a line. So this is like a melody, and then when I listen to this, I try to recognize the intervals and see oh which chords can fit over there. So they then can write chords down for the guitar player, piano player, bass player, so they can follow this line. If you're gonna be sung by a singer or played by a melodic instrument like a flute, saxophone, something like. So you're saying that with Hindustani music. These melodies have existed over time. Yes, most over time. So there's not too much、um, harmony in there. So there's not too much、uh, verticalization. But、uh, it's very interesting as well the approach to rhythm. So so far I understand that、uh, there are some patterns that in Western music we call bars or rhythmic patterns that there are four and three and seven. But、uh, I learned from Jay that sometimes you can have like 17 beats. That's pretty unusual for、um, Western musician to recognize this. So all of these I need to put down in paper so the musicians can understand, and、uh, we can play in harmony. <laughs> this is a very interesting title for the concert. So and and who who is Jay? Ah,、uh, Jay Javeri.、Um, He contacted me a few months ago.、Uh, I met him to another friend called Skip Moy. That he's also a 
producer, and um, he has a sound company and life in Hong Kong. And he introduced me to Jay, and Jay invited me to be part of his concert. Since uh, it seems that our minds connected somehow, uh, he proposed me the challenge, and I said, "Okay, I love challenge, so let's try to put this together." And of course, it was not easy to put this. Uh, we have a struggling with uh, sponsorship, space to rehearsal, space to have the concert. Finally, everything is on track now, and everything is happening smoothly. And we're gonna have a great show soon, very soon. So tell me more about this concert. You say it's a Hindustani music concert, but yet you are a Brazilian musical artist. So how does that work? Well, I'm a Brazilian artist, yes. I'm born from Brazil, but um, I have a strong background in jazz and arrangements. So I write arrangements from symphony orchestra, from big band. I'm also a music producer. I deal with pop and uh, this kind of thing. And I have been, as I said, on the street and the road for a long time. I used to play with bands and travel in Asia, staying my time in hotels, living in hotels, and play like top 40 music, this kind of thing. And I am also very fluent in jazz, so I have been performing with some guys here in Hong Kong, like uh, our friend Eugene Paul, uh, Angelita, almost everyone from the jazz in Hong Kong scene. And Eugene also going to help us with this concert. He's going to be playing guitar for us. Um so how this happened, I am a Brazilian, and the concert is going to have like Hindustani music with traditional. The plan, as the name say, the title of the concert say, in harmony, is to mix these words. We have this idea, the discussion, Jay and I, uh, when we talk about how can we put a group together with different nationalities and make this thing uh, um, work well. And then I was telling, hey, I have a, maybe it's a little bit crazy idea that uh, we should have a group called Musique Sans Frontières. That in French means music without borders. And wow, I like this, man. Maybe you should put this group together and let's see what's going to happen. So I'm going to be somehow uh, the bus driver, <laughs> musically speaking. So I drive, I'm going to be the guide. And uh, every time we're going to be, this concert is specifically going to have more Indian influence. And we're going to try to mix these Indian songs from Bollywood, Hindustani, traditional and folk with a little bit of pop, Latin, jazz. So let's see what kind of results we're going to, I'm sure they're going to be amazing because you're going to have uh, amazing singers, uh, like singers that are going to be uh, coming from New York, like Falu, that she's also a Grammy nominee. And I heard her work at Jay show her in YouTube and she's amazing and uh, she's gonna bring this kind of Indian fusion uh, flavor to this concert as well so she's a very energetic lady and in Hong Kong you're gonna be working with uh, local uh, residents here uh, like a Supriya that's a young girl very talented and she also has some good musical background she does her own vocal arrangements so she has her group and uh, she also brings the new that's very important since jay and i we are not that so young so we need someone with uh, younger references to bring this uh, innovation to this concert and and your role is primarily that of Arranger? arranger, yeah, arranger and music director. So, as I said, like a bus driver. So I need to put everyone in the bus. Okay, let's start the trip here. What does an arranger do? Um, well, I think the name explains itself very well, an arranger. So I have, um, for instance, um, you decide to become a songwriter and you wrote a little poem 
and you create certain melody to this poem. So you create a little song. And then, João, how can I make this become a professional uh, audio track? So I can try to play this in the radio, or maybe I can have a plan to have a CD. So the arranger going to take your poem, your melody, and we'll give a treatment to that. So you're going to put a groove over there and maybe you're going to add a lot of instruments. Like uh, It depends. Basically, if it's a pop song, you're going to have basically drums, bass, and some kind of harmonic instrument like piano or keyboard or guitar. And then we start to add things over there. Like, oh, it's a romantic thing. I would like to have like an orchestral song, sound. And then we're going to put like violins and something to give this romantic um, flavor there. So the arranger producer, uh, they will dress a girl, more or less. So if you see a music like a girl, so you're going to dress the girl. So she's going to look younger, she's going to look sophisticated, she's going to look uh, elegant or energetic, sporty. So it depends. Backtrack a little bit. Joe, tell me, when you arrived in Hong Kong, what brought you here? Well, this is a love story. I will try to make this very, very short. No, no, please don't. <laughs> um, 2005, I was finished my master in composition at Missouri, um, University of Missouri, Columbia. And um, I got a gig in Saigon, Vietnam. I spent two months over there. I record two CDs with... Um, very famous saxophone there called Traman Tuan, that now I'm working for him, like doing some uh, orchestra arrangements. Um, and after these two months, I went to Macau and my to work as a resident musician, Mandarin Oriental Hotel. And uh, my second night, I met a girl that uh, made me change my plans for the rest of my life. It's called Vittoria. So at that time, she became my girlfriend. Now we are married. Uh, I was supposed to go back to Saigon, keep traveling. That was my life at that time. But then I decided to stay in Hong Kong. And uh, since I thought that uh, was a moment that I should settle down, I decided to go back to university and get my doctorate. Uh, Hong Kong University offer, offered me a scholarship. And uh, I got my PhD in 2012 in music composition. So what have you been doing here in Hong Kong with music composition? I perform a lot in Hong Kong, and most of this is jazz-related, and I have my trio. Sometimes um, I can have a, a little bigger formation, like I use percussion a lot. And um, as a composer, uh, I have performed here. Um, at a, there is a hall in Hong Kong, I think it's Yuk Yi Hall, and I have a premiere of a few of my songs. And I also send my music abroad, like um, a friend in University of Oklahoma, vibraphone player, marimba player, and he asked me, João, can you write something specifically for marimba? Uh, Dr. Ricardo de Souza. And he performed recently in, in Upload DVD in YouTube. Um, when I get the opportunity, but this is my classical work. Uh, um, as I said, I do a lot of jazz and Latin stuff here that I put bands together and I perform in public open public. Uh, we have a small place in Lankwai Fong called Orange Peel that uh, I have the opportunity now to be a 
partner of this um, music venue, and we are doing a lot of shows over there. And sometimes when my schedule is free, we perform over there, and sometimes I bring my own compositions, original, like to try to see how the public, the audience, going to react. How does that work in the sense that you are on one hand a partner at Orange Peel, but it's not an automatic uh, venue for your artistry? Is that right? Well, it is a music venue, so we are lucky now we have a grand piano over there that's very rare, like uh, in Hong Kong, a bar, a nightclub, like to have a real acoustic piano is very uncommon here. Normally, the hotels, like five-star hotels, they're going to have a grand piano in the lobby, but this is like a music venue. For, so we sell drinks, we sell food, and we sell entertainment over there. And uh, the idea is to mix all kind of music genres, including classical music. So I guess today we're going to have like Beethoven in Lang Kwai Fon. We're going to have like a small group like perform Beethoven like six to nine. And then uh, I think we're going to have an open mic. So then we have like people that are amateur musicians. Then they're going to be playing rock, reggae, funk, this kind of thing after that. So it's very, let's call eclectical, so very flexible venue for that. And it sounds like it's certainly in line with uh, your sort of method of thinking, eclectical, right? Yeah. Mixing uh, these different mixing. genres. I don't believe in purity anymore. So I think everything has to be a little hybrid, you know, like it has to be come from different parts. Did you ever believe in purity? Uh, maybe when I was a little kid and my father was a lawyer and a minister of the Baptist church. So yes, maybe all these things relate to faith and religion. But nowadays, uh, since I travel so much and I have been exposed to such amazing different cultural approach to faith and what to believe, I think the world is a complex and at the same time, very simple place to live. You just need to mix everything. So, yes, this is why Jay and I, we think about this music, Sans Frontières, so music without borders. So we don't speak uh, Hindustani or Bengali. He doesn't speak, speak Portuguese, but uh, we talk about music. We speak music. So your initial training, was that in the church? Uh, yes, I was in church, yeah, classical music. And so explain that. When you say classical music, what did you do? Um, okay, the classical training came from European school. Okay, so you're going to be studying basic music theory, traditional harmony, and you're going to be following uh, the music, especially from Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, and all these great German guys. And later, when I was a teenager, I was exposed to Brazilian music, what led me to jazz. And then I started to play a few gigs in my hometown, and I started to attract to that. But you didn't have a school to teach this kind of music, so you need to teach yourself. So we did a lot of transcriptions. So since I developed um, a very good ear, I was able like to copy a lot of things by ear and write down. This is what I call the process of transcriptions. Like uh, when you have like an interview here, you can do a transcription in English later. So we listen to a track, audio track, and you start to transcribe. Oh, the bass is playing this, drummer is playing that, the piano is here. And I did this a lot, what led me to fell, fall in love with jazz. And later on, I got a scholarship from Brazilian government and another scholarship from Berkeley School of Music in Boston, and I left Brazil to study jazz. Given this long history of jazz and musical composition, 
What would you say are your inspirations? Well, this is a funny question. In my thesis for my PhD doctorate, um, um, the title was like the creative process in music composition and improvisation. And my introduction is about this point. Inspiration is something that we is very romantic, um, meaning like uh, very ideal when you think about a uh, muse, like uh, a girl that want to inspire you to write a love song. I prefer to use the word stimulus, like uh, you need to be stimulated to write something. One of the points, for instance, uh, Tchaikovsky, that is a Russian composer, a neoclassical, um, he wrote a symphony called Pathetic, the Pathetic. And all the musicologists, the historians, they say that uh, Tchaikovsky was suicidal when he wrote this. And then doing my own research about behavior on people that are suicidal, uh, uh, no, Tchaikovsky didn't wrote this when he was suicidal. No, uh, it's impossible because when you are thinking about to kill yourself, to end your life, you're not really thinking about how can I orchestrate the violins against the woodwinds and put some timpani over here and I'm going to have a big splash over there. No, we are not thinking about music calculations and, oh, I'm going to put notes in a paper. No, we are thinking about to kill yourself or think about to end your life. What happened is after he overcame this period of um, uh, depression, now he has recollections about his feelings when he was trying to kill himself. And then he will translate this into music. So the word inspiration is a bit to uh, something that we use for interviews, television, and all the movies. But uh, a composer, a serious composer, um, we take decisions, you know, like uh, which notes should come here now, which chord, which orchestration, which intensity, should they bring the full orchestral force, or maybe it's just an oboe solo in here. We take decisions. It's a little bit different. Of course, there is a lot of uh, feelings and sentimental stuff going on, but uh, it's more about taking decisions. Inspiration is more maybe like for songwriters, now poets, maybe. But I, I think they have more or less the same principle, the same way of thinking. So how do you take these decisions? I mean, you outlined how Tchaikovsky uh, reflected on his emotions when he was trying to kill himself and then translated that into music. In your case, what is it? Well, it depends. Like uh, as an arranger, so composing arrangers are two words that sometimes they mix up because every arranger, we deal with a little of composition as well. But for instance, in the case of this concert in harmony, my, my most maybe bigger concern is that uh, I need to give some treatment to Indian songs without discharacterize. I need to keep somehow uh, some kind of authenticity and identity. So I cannot really dress up a girl in a way uh, that she will lose completely her character. So I need to dress the song in a way that, uh, yeah, it's new, it has a lot of different influences here, but still there is a core, something there that is this strong character, where this came from. These are my concerns now as an arranger. As a composer taking decision, it's just like, uh, think about composition as um, rhetoric, uh, the way we speak. To me, it's like, uh, how can I keep my ideas 
fluent. How can I give some flow to these ideas? So this is why I need to decide which note came after which note and what's going to be my rhythm, my intensity, my orchestration, which instruments if I'm dealing with an orchestral composition. This kind of decisions um, I'm talking about. That that sounds very logical to me. It makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. right? But when I meet artists, oftentimes they don't make sense. So am I missing something? Well, no, because uh, creativity uh, is kind of... Um, everyone has a little bit of creativity. And then as a composer, when I have this creative moment, I need to organize the ideas. So this can make sense to my audience. Or sometimes if I, if I just start to play the piano or start to throw notes in a paper uh, without sense, the audience will not understand what I'm trying to do. So I need to tell a story. So composers, they're like a story writers. And at the same time, when you listen to the composition, to the realization of the composition, to the performance, or listen to the CD, you are listening to a storyteller. So there has to have some sense, some kind of a logic. Like for instance, Let's get a classical example, like Beethoven Fifth Symphony. He got a little motif, da 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 da, and then he developed like in a forty minutes, forty-five minutes symphony with this da 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 mystery, da 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 da. Okay, pause over there, da 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 da. So then he started to develop a full narrative. So a narrative is something that develops through time. So you need to keep your narrative as a composer in a way that uh, people can follow. Wow, he's developed a motive here. He starts a conversation with himself inside of the orchestra. don't know if it makes sense for you, but <laughs> it's more well, or less like this. It makes perfect sense when, when you talk about that kind of example, but it leads me to wonder and to ask you, about something like jazz, which of course is your forte, but uh-huh. it's that's so improv based, right? So how do you tell the story through improv? Okay, composition. Let's say composition improvisation. I used to say that they are, they have, they are very well related. Let's say improvisation is a composition on the spot, so you don't have time to think. You just throw your ideas right away. Is something that uh, the performer became a composer because he gonna he she gonna create on the moments of the performers, right there on the set. You don't have a time to correct or elaborate anything. It's just, here we go, and then we blow. Um, in composition, let's say that's like a frozen in time improvisation because you have time to correct everything that you, you have in your mind. And then, oh, okay, I like this. No, I don't like that. No, let's replace this one and fix this and fix that. So compositions are very slow improvisation and improvisation is like a speed light speed composition if you prefer jazzy away let's say that jazz uh, has three big letter i this is where i teach my students on hong kong universe or hong kong design institute where i teach as well and when i try to explain the jazz principles i keep telling please remember the three big eyes in jazz that is improvisation individuality and interaction. So in a serious jazz group, uh, trio or quartet, you're going to see this a lot. Like uh, individuality means that uh, every jazz performer has to find his, her own voice. So people can recognize like big name of jazz, like Chico Rio or Herbie Hancock or Gonzalo Rubalcaba. That's one of my idols. 
like when I listen to them, I right away, oh, this is Gonzalo, this is Herbie, this is Chick, because they have their own way to express themselves, let's say. This is what you call the individuality, individual voice. And um, interaction means in the moments of the improvisation, we have a soloist. If you talk about hierarchical procedures, so we have the soloist and whoever is behind, like bass, piano, and drums, we need to give the support to the soloist. But at the same time, the soloist will suggest ideas. Like, for instance, if you have a soloist, a saxophone, and he's going to suggest, he, she going to suggest, like, an idea in the saxophone, a melody, and going to have a small break, pause, and then I'm supposed to interact with him. Then I do something in the piano, and the drummer listen to me and start to, hit the symbol, so we provoke some this kind of conversation in the band that we call interaction in jazz. That is very important. So this is the way like classical and jazz they relate. So composition and improvisation. They have to do. They they are connected, but let's say the jazz and improvisation they happen at one second. Like one minute of improvisation takes one minute to be done. Is there. Let us count. We start to play one minute. Gone. That's it. One minute of composition can take one month to be done. Joao's In Harmony concert will be held on April 9th at the Hong Kong Baptist University. The concert will mix Hindustani traditional and folk music with jazz, Latin, and pop rhythms. Tickets are available at City Line and Tom Lee Music Outlets.
Slick Music, they're ending the final episode in this current series of State of the Art, produced and presented, of course, by Renita Mahalchahora. Look,